Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org. Well, today, as we finish up our series, The Problem With, I decided to save the best for last. Uh, and if we did get cut off Facebook, I'm telling you guys out there in Lodi and online, just go to our website. You can find it there. Um, I don't think it will happen, but who knows nowadays? Because we're talking about the problem with social justice. Now, why would we even discuss that? I've had people say, Tim, why are you even going there? You know you're going to create a stir in some people. That's what I do. Um, but as we've been answering this question, how can we best be faithful to our calling in a world where it will never be normal to be a Christian? How are we to respond? How we respond to things like Texas, but how we respond to things of social justice that has invaded our colleges for a long time, is now in our high schools and are now in our grade schools. I'm going to start with this verse and end with this verse to kind of frame this. Paul says this in Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive. No one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world. Assume that there will be those who are going to try to take you hostage, who are going to try to take you. And they'll be deceptive. They're good. But their arguments are hollow. They're based on human tradition. They're based on the principles of this world. They're not based on what Christ says and lives and how he tells us to be. And don't forget, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Don't be deceived. Now, I've probably not, I probably read more on this subject than any other subject I've brought to the table because I know how controversial this is. And maybe some of you, some of you online are watching, oh, social justice, what's the big deal? It's the same as the Bible, and I'm going to tell you it is not. Not that there's not different aspects that, I, okay, I, I can, we, I, I, I'm for that. But the two are diametrically opposed. And I've read more books, watched more videos, read more papers on this subject than I think of anything else in a long, long, long time. Two books I suggest, uh, they may cause your head to bleed, your brain to bleed. They did mine. Um, one is by Thomas, Thomas Saul, The Cosmic Justice. And I'm telling you, this is a man who's got so much wisdom, and I have to read it slow, read a couple pages, put it down. Uh, another is Fault Lines by Vody Bachman. Many books that talk about this. And what is needed is us to come up with understanding and a definition, a working definition of what this all means. Because when people use the word social justice, I think what happens is, is that we get to that great movie, fantastic movie, The Princess Bride. Can we, can we show that real quick, real quick? Princess Bride that says this. No? 
Okay. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. And what is the word? Word? Inconceivable. You got to use your tongue in there to get that. Inconceivable. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. And I believe that's true with social justice. If you took 10 people and asked them what social justice is, I guarantee you get 10 different definitions. It's one of those things that, you know, it's, well, it's, it's living rightly. It's, it's wronging the things in society, defending the vulnerable, ending slavery. Okay, that's been ended for a while. Fighting poverty, taking up the pro-life cause. And those sound real good, but I'm going to tell you right now, in the end, that is not at the core of social justice. Those are some talking points. And those are talking points that many Christians have locked on to. Vody, I mean, not Vody, Thomas Sowell says this, general principles such as justice or equality are often passionately invoked in the course of arguing about the issues of the day. But such terms usually go undefined and unexamined. So let's talk about justice. Let's pull off social, let's pull off biblical. Let's just look at what justice is. According to Oxford English Dictionary, maintenance, maintenance of what is just or right by the exercise of authority or power, assignment of deserved reward or punishment. Basically, justice is you receive what is due you. Whether that's in punishment, whether that's in reward, justice is you get what is due you. And when we ask the question, so who determines what is justice? By what standard do we know what is fair and is right? And we usually come up, well, it's the law. The law does that. And we would say the law is good, but is all law good? Okay. I did research on this, and these are all true. You can, you can search, you Google it yourself, you'll find this out to be. I just typed in the weirdest laws in the United States of America. In Tennessee, you cannot share your Netflix password. It's against the law. In North Carolina, since 1953, you can't go to a meeting in costume. It's against the law because they made that law because the KKK would show up to intimidate people in meetings. Interesting. In Virginia, you can't kill anything on Sundays except raccoons. What? Well, I, those, those little bandits, I, I'd blow them away. I don't care. And you can't kill Bigfoot in the state of Washington. Bigfoot will, will bring a felony in five years in prison. Bigfoot is an endangered species in Washington. <laughs> Gainesville, Georgia, since 1961. Anyone from Georgia here? No. You can't eat fried chicken with a fork and knife. <laughs> it's on the books. In Kentucky, you can't marry the same man four times. Three's okay, four is just way too much. In Wisconsin, since 1895, you can't serve margarine without consent. It's a dairy place, that's where they make butter. And it was not until 1967 that they changed that 
to the law that if you served margarine at breakfast without getting consent from them, you would be ticketed and fined. In Billings, Montana, you can't keep a pet rat. You can only have a rat if you feed it to, to a reptile or a bird of prey. In New Hampshire, in New Hampshire, you can't take seaweed from the beach. You know, that's a big problem. I got to keep telling Gwen, put the seaweed back. We've got enough of that. In Oklahoma and 12 other states, I looked it up, you can't trip a horse. I guess that was a thing for a while, and so they made a law in 13 states. You can't trip a horse. And in Missouri, sorry guys, going to Missouri. In Missouri, you can't wrestle a bear. I guess in Missouri, they set up these bear wrestling things, but the front, they take the claws out and all the teeth out. So, yeah, oh, poor bear. That is terrible. So John can't wrestle a bear when he goes back to Missouri. It does not happen. In Connecticut. I've never tried this. If a pickle doesn't bounce, you can't sell it. <laughs> How many have bounced a pickle? Raise your hand. I don't even want to try it because there's a mess to clean up, you know? But if a pickle doesn't bounce, this has on, been on the books since 1948. And the best, you can't let your donkey sleep in a bathtub in Arizona. 1924, a ranch owner's donkey got used to a habit of sleeping in a bathtub. The local dam broke, the house flooded, the bathtub floated away with the donkey inside. The donkey was rescued and the townspeople passed the law. No donkeys sleeping in a bathtub. True thing. Laws on our books. Silly laws, but all man-made laws are sometimes not just. I mean, our Supreme Court is going to, looks like it may overturn a law, totally unjust, and then you're going to see all hell break loose in this country. It's just going to happen. This is what Mar Martin Luther King Jr. said from a jail in Birmingham. A just law is a man-made code that squares with moral law or the law of God. Justice is pure because God is pure. Man is not pure, he's sinful. And our laws are made by man, so sometimes they're not gonna equal justice, and we've seen that. God alone determines what is right and wrong and what is just and unjust. He's the one that tells us what is right and what is wrong. Because justice always follows a process. I mean, when you say justice was served or injustice was served, it usually means there was some part of the process. If justice was served, then you were, had a jury of your peers, you had a fair judge, you had all, all the rules will follow, and whatever the, whatever the answer was, we say justice was served. But we know that injustice is served if the process isn't followed, if certain things are not in place along the way. And God clearly defines what injustice is. You start with the Ten Commandments. You got ten of them. The first four are dealing with our relationship with God. The next six is our relationship with each other. I mean, when you talk about honoring your father and mother, when you talk about how you, you shall not murder, you should not commit adultery, don't take your, your, your next neighbor's wife, don't steal. 
You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You should not covet. You shall not want what someone else has. Yet, what we see today is that even though God clearly says these things, we don't want to believe them. God tells us what he hates. Because God does hate things. We've read this passage before, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These are the six things the, Lord, six things the Lord hates and seven that are detestable to him. Haunty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deceives the wicked, the heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among his brothers. God hates that. To bear false witness, to stir things up, to have a lying tongue. Real justice requires truth. And we, as believers in Christ, need to pursue the justice that God talks about here. So maybe rather than defining what justice is, we need to define what injustice is, because social justice does that very well. I mean, not well as in good. How do we define injustice? According to the Bible, it's not following the laws of God. Leviticus 19.15 says, do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Now, God demands justice. He demands justice everywhere. Injustice to God is sin. Favoritism is sin. Say that with me. Favoritism is sin. He says that, and in your notes, there's a ton of scriptures. I'm just going to read a few of these, see if you get the general theme. James says, my brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus, don't show favoritism. James 2, 8 through 9. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, to love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show what? Favoritism. You sin and are convicted by the laws as lawbreakers. To show favoritism is sin. 1 Timothy 5, 21, I charge you in the sight of God in Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality and do nothing out of favoritism. Romans 2, 11, for God does not show favoritism. Galatians 3, 28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. He looks at everyone the same. And as we said at the beginning, justice, the definition of Oxford says, maintenance of what is just or right by the exercise of authority or power assigned of deserving reward or punishment. Social justice and biblical justice Justice are diametrically opposed to each other. Now, I'm going to tell you what social justice believes, not my interpretation. I'm going to use their words from their manual of what social justice is. Social justice, justice in terms of distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges within a society. Don't miss that. Justice is distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges within a society. Social justice is about equity, not equality. 
And there's only two letters that separate those two words, but they're huge difference. Equality is about people being viewed equally under the law. Equity is about outcomes. Equity, equality is not, it doesn't matter what your color, status, privilege, or position is. Equity says it's all about your color, your status, your privilege, and your position. Because social justice, by their own words, anything that allows inequitable outcome is what they're about. Now, let me tell you why <laughs> that's a problem. Because if that's true, then God is considered to be unjust because he is not equitable. The parable of the talents. One he gave five, one he gave two, one he gave one. How inequitable of God, God should have given them all the same, same level playing field. Let's just look in this room, all right? How many here are over six foot tall? Raise your hand. How many are under five foot tall? No, don't do that. I mean, <laughs> how inequitable of God, right? <laughs> how many of you can eat whatever you want and not gain a pound? Raise your hand. I want to see who I hate right now. <laughs> and there's some of us looks at a donut. What happened? <laughs> some of you are artistic, and some of you couldn't draw a stick figure. Some of you may not have had a high school edu education, had a high school education, went to college, got a, a degree, went, got a master's, and I know of one doctor sitting in the back in a red shirt here. How dare God give him more intelligence than me? Right? I mean, everything about God is not about being equitable. Do we really want everyone to have and be exactly the same? Would you really want a bunch of me walking around? I don't think so. <laughs> the world as God has designed it would not qualify for those seeking social justice. We don't want everyone to be the same. God didn't design everything to be the same. But social justice requires it. This is their words, not mine, right from the book. Social justice requires resource equity. Okay, that's not resource equity. Well, everyone should have a, access to the same resources. No. That means if you have more resources and you have less resources, you deserve as many resources as this person, so I'm going to take your resources and give it to this person. Fairness and respect for diversity. Eradication of all social oppression. By the way, Christianity is about social oppression. Is what they believe. A redistribution of resources from those who have unjustly gained them to those who justly deserve them. Creating and ensuring the process of truly democratic participation in decision-making. That's why you have all these boards that now have to have representation of everybody on their board or it's against the law. 
especially in the state of California, guys. Only a decisive redistribution of resources and a decision-making power can ensure social justice, social justice and authentic democracy. That's their own words. And when Christians use the term social justice, you keep using that word. I don't think you know what it means. Vody Bachman used an illustration. I, I thought was very, it, it made sense in my mind. He says, you know, a Christian or someone will hear about racism, that racism is wrong and we need to be against that, which we do. That's unscriptural. And so we jump on the social justice boxcar of racism. Woohoo, we're gonna end racism. But we don't realize that that boxcar is connected to the engine of critical race theory and intersectionality. And what we also don't realize is all the boxcars connected behind it. Because there's the boxcar of LGBTQA1+. There's the boxcar of climate control. There's the boxcar of abortion. And I'm going to read this list because it's their list. There's the boxcar of gender equality, consumerism, water, reproductive rights, death penalty, education, genocide, homelessness, human trafficking, intergenerational justice, immigration, land grabbing, mental health, natural disasters, racial justice, restorative justice, sexual abuse crisis in the church, terrorism, election, climate change, hunger, migration, signs of the time, economic justice, inequality, torture, interfaith, U.S. poverty, war, health care, sustainable development, refugees, human rights, liberation theology, global poverty, and inter... some big long word ecology. I can't even say it. <laughs> Guys, those are all the boxcars connected to this train. You need to understand, before you say, yeah, we believe in social justice, you better get a good definition of what that means. Because it's not biblical justice. And as a believer in Christ, I have to be about that. Best definition I came in all my research was this by William Wolfe. Biblical justice is this. Treating others in all areas of life in such a way as to uphold God's revealed standards of good and evil and rendering judgments through duly enacted means of human judicial enforcement that punish wrongdoers and reward injured accordingly, the injured accordingly. Because social justice, by their definition, is another word. We used to use this word a lot. It's called communism. Sorry, take me off Facebook. It's just repackaged. That's all it is. Vody Blackman puts it this way, and I like how he does so. I'm going to use his points here. It says... Biblical justice reflects God's character. Social justice reflects a fallen human philosophy. Psalm 82. This is what God says about justice. Defend the cause of the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. God is all about justice. 
Biblical justice is objective. Social justice is subjective. It's all about feelings. It's all about emotions. Biblical justice is impartial. It doesn't show favoritism. Social justice is all about showing partiality. It's all about what group you belong to, and they are great at boxing people in groups. And the worst group of all is me. A white, male, heterosexual Christian. I don't make up the rules. That's their rules by what they go by. The Bible is clear that God does not respect, doesn't show partiality. They're rich, they're poor, they're ugly, they're cute, they're intelligent, they're stupid. I mean, there's all, every, everything's, re, everything's represented. And he doesn't show partiality, but when we stand before in judgment, he's not going to show partiality either. He will truly bring justice. I like this quote by Scott David Allen. Justice is one of the most important words in the Bible. Is one of the most important concepts in any culture. If the Bible-believing church abandons genuine justice in favor of a destructive cultural counterfeit, who will be left to uphold and defend the truth? The stakes are very high. What do we need to do? Guys, you need to define your terms. Use the brain pen. Don't just get caught up. Define what biblical justice is. Come to that conclusion. Define what social justice is. Use their own material. Don't, I'm not making any of this up. Some people, well, that's not true because so-and-so says social justice is. I didn't go to so-and-so's. I went to their material. Second, commit yourself to studying the Word of God. Guys, you got to know what the Bible says. The only way to find a count, know a counterfeit is to know the real. And lastly, as I started, be on your guard. Memorize Colossians 2.8. Again, let me read. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. The devil's good. He masquerades as an angel of light. And he baits his hook with enough truth to get you to bite. And then he reels you in. Believer in Christ, do not get sucked in to this. I believe this will, this will be one of the biggest battles the church faces in the future. I mean, you're seeing it, and, and you're seeing the pendulum that has swung so far, even the left people saying, hey, we've gone too far. <laughs> I mean, th th we've gotten too woke at it. You know, I just made up that word, but, you know. Understand, do not be deceived. Don't be sucked in. Dive back in your Bible. Ask questions. Answers are there. It's not going to go well in this culture, the answers that the Bible gives. They never do. And that's why we stand for the truth. It's not popular. It's going to get less popular for you to stand your ground, but stand your ground. Hold on. Don't let go. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you've given us your scripture. 
You, you don't make us walk around in the dark. You've given us light. And um, may we lean on that. May we teach the truth to our children and our grandchildren and their children. Lord, may we point them to show the hooks, the baits that are out there. And may we be a pillar of light. The darker it is, the greater the light and brighter it is. Help us be those lights, I pray. In Jesus' name.